right, it's Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here. Patrick Royce joins me as well. Hey, Patrick, um, it was starting to feel like one of those weekends in uh, in Minnesota sports. You had the, the Gopher, uh, Gophers football team losing to Illinois and getting really badly outplayed in the process. You had the Wild giving up seven goals <laughs> again. Um, in their second loss of the year to start the season, both of those at home, by the way. And the Vikings come out Sunday and they're they're flat. It just looks like one of those games where you know they've got everything to to gain going into the bye, but they're just gonna blow it against this third string quarterback. But they they Patrick, they find a way to to win again despite getting outgained like two to one, despite giving up I think they only got like eleven first downs in the whole game against the Dolphins, but they win 24-16. <clears throat> They're 5-1. and one. I think we've kind of carried this theme throughout the season, but, you know, we'll get to a lot, we'll get to a lot of these other teams and sports in a little bit, but we got to talk Vikings at the jump, and they, they just keep... It's, it's kind of like it's not the same game over and over again because they're doing it in different ways, but, they again, they, they haven't played a great game since... Green Bay. They probably haven't. They actually they haven't even played a. They haven't played a great half since Green Bay. They even the, the whole game against Green Bay wasn't great, and that was the first game of the year. And we're maybe finding out that Green Bay is not all that good. So what what do we make of a five and one team at the bye um, that hasn't played all that great? I think that the one thing you can take away that's really positive is their defense finally showed up and won a yeah. game. They just kicked the living crap out of poor, worthless Teddy, who looks like a statue now. He's never been, I've never been a Teddy guy, but, uh, you know, it's, he's, there's no arm left there. There's nothing left. He can't move around. He can't make a decision. You know, as I said on uh, Twitter, I said, Teddy, the saying is hold that line, not hold that ball. You know, <laughs> yes. he was holding, he looked like Kirk at his worst, holding the ball for five seconds. But uh, uh, Smith was uh, fantastic. He just had three runs to the quarterback, and uh, they really big pressure for the first time uh, all year. Well, uh, you know, since they, they gave Rodgers some heat in the opener. And I thought it was, uh, you know, the, the fact, I thought their coverage was uh, extremely good in the secondary too. They were close to everybody and uh, they kind of tightened things up. They didn't have those big holes in the middle like they've had in the past. One reason being Bridgewater uh, either didn't have any time or took too much time, but uh, the defense looked really good, which is what I'd take away from there. Uh, how the offense screwed around like they did and never moved the ball at all in the first half was incredible. What they, you know, what the, they had two, three and outs at one point. The other team had the ball for like 16 minutes and they had two, three and outs and they were running up and down the field. But yeah, you got to be, you got to feel good that you don't have Miami's new coach, don't you? Yeah. That guy's an idiot. I mean, uh, what as the I, hell are as they I said, doing? I'm. As I said on Twitter, he looks like he's late to sell somebody a boat. Yeah, he's That's his general appearance Just to me. Had not had the fake punt and the, you know, punt the ball, stop them, and then go down and win the game because you don't want to give them three minutes anyway because they're going to kick a field goal and beat you. So, uh, that was just he just did a bunch of idiotic things. And, uh, you know, the guys, uh, he's just, he just came off as a complete moron. And 
boy, they're really well disciplined. How many penalties they end up with? About well, they had they had five, five on the one they had series. five on that one drive. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Seifer that's the first time in NFL history. That yeah. He- Five penalties on one drive. And it wasn't like they were cheapies either. You kept, you looked at the replay, you're like, yep, that was a penalty. <laughs> he was very <laughs> yeah, definitely I, holding him. It was, uh, yeah, it was just brutal. And uh, they, uh, I never thought they were in trouble in that game. I never thought, because every time the Dolphins got the ball, and first they had the kid who didn't know what he was doing playing quarterback. And then they had poor Teddy, who was a fossil all at age 30 because of all his injuries. And, uh, you know, they just, they couldn't, you know, Miami ran it a little bit early, but uh, yeah, I, I never thought they were in trouble, but they certainly, they certainly have made most of them harder than they have to be. It is, it is uh, a really odd five and one, but somebody made the point, you know, what it looks like a Bud Grant five and one back in the day. Okay. You know, Horseshoe Harry, I call him, they could get outplayed. And Bud used to get really mad if they, if you suggested after the game that they got outplayed, they should have been more impressive, blah, blah, blah. There's a game you got to look up. Uh, I've looked it up a few times where John Brockington, who was a running back for the Packers, young running back for, before he got hurt, he was great. He had like 160 yards rushing. Uh, the Packers had like 300 yards rushing. I'm not rushing, but 300 yards in total offense. I think the Vikings had 60 yards in total offense, and they beat them three to nothing. I mean, it was like a, I think it was 3-0. You'd have to look the game up, but it's it's like it was the ultimate bud game where they just they couldn't win. They ended up blocking about two field goal attempts. They could win, and and this team, in a lot of ways, has been a reincarnation of Bud's teams, and. The one thing about them is if you're ahead of them, if, if, if they got a chance in the middle of the fourth quarter, they're going to win a game. So that's, that's something different than last year. That's for sure. So I think, I I think I found the game. I think I found it while you were talking. It was uh, November 14th, 1971. The Vikings were six and two going in. The Packers were three, four and one Vikings won three to nothing at med stadium. A field Look field goal the in the fourth stats. quarter. Look up the stats. Look at can you hit the stats? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Green Bay had 301 yards of offense, including 245 yards rushing. Vikings had 87, 87 yards yeah. of offense. Um, oh, that's the game. Packers. Uh, game. Pa- Packers quarterback. Uh, six of 11 for 65 yards and three interceptions. Oh, that was uh, Scott. Was looks like Scott Hunter did Scott, most of it. Zeke Bratkowski. Also got some action. That was before they were enjoying their glorious run of quarterbacking. They were kind of between quarterbacks for about 30 years there. Uh, Yes, they were. Well, that was part of the, that was right when they were in the 20 years without making the playoffs that they were in. But yeah, there's, there's the game right there. It's a, that's one almost worth a Rand ball mention. Yeah. It's actually a, yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. It was you know, that's the way Bud wanted him. And I, you go back and find Bud's quotes from that. He was probably mad at everybody for suggesting that uh, they were, uh, they didn't deserve to win, you know? So, yeah. But it was, uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it is a uh, fantastic, uh, you know, the five and one, I think what Eagles are six and all and Giants who are 
shouldn't be any good or five and one. Isn't that it? That, those are the three best records in the NFC for sure. Right. So, I, yeah, I think so. And the, you know, and the two things I would say about that are, you know, one, um, to your point, the NFC is bad. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. And so, you know, you've got, even if you're not great right now, if you're five and one, you know, then yeah. you're at least, um, you know, well, you're, you're at least bet you're, you're, you're leading the division by two. Right. right. You're better than almost everybody else. Like you're who, like who else is good. The Like you're leading Here's the division the by two, thing. right? Cause the Packers have lost two in a row to the New York teams. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's nobody else even uh, the Cowboys are four and two after the loss, but there's nobody else even four and two after you get past that. So Eagles at six and six and no Giants at five and one Vikings at five and one Dallas at four and two. But there's the thing that the other two teams that are above 500 are in the same division as the Eagles. So you're like you're well clear of a lot of other teams right now. So, yeah, you're you're that. And the other thing I'd say is as poorly as it's not as poorly, but as as inconsistent as they've been and as hard as they've made it for themselves. Usually two of the three phases of the game have been at least adequate. They haven't put up a stinker across the board. You know, yesterday the defense was good. The special teams was fine. The offense was the one that had a hard time. They've never had a game where all three of those were really bad. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I would say this. Uh, you're five and one and you can play better. Is, yeah, you got to feel pretty good. You you got to think. You come out of the bye week, you're going to play better for your next six games than you played these six games. You're going the quality of your play, uh, start to finish, is should improve because there's a lot of good personnel here. Uh, some of the defensive guys uh, are obviously getting better. Hunter, Hunter might show up. Uh, so you know, five and one, they're you know, there's nothing to complain about. They'll probably they got a dang good chance to have a home playoff game in the second round to uh, start. They might, they, they have a dang good chance not to have to play the first weekend, right? So yeah, well, I don't know what this... you gotta be the, you gotta have the best record. Yeah, so you gotta be number one now. So you gotta, they get gotta the seven teams. They can probably, uh, you know, they can they, they'll get a home game. They they're almost well all you got to do is win the division to get a home playoff game so yeah they'll be at home for the playoffs i think it's almost a given they i don't see how they you know the packers are going to go eight and eight if they're lucky the vikings you're five and one you got to be better than eight and eight eight and eight when it's over so or eight gonna, nine and eight yeah it's uh win their division yeah yeah all right we're playing 17 now, 17 now it's got me all 17 77 playoff teams yeah i mean and, and that's the other piece of this i mean in talking about how bad these other teams are, I mean, Green Bay, I mean, they've, you know, they started three and one, but even in that, it was like, yeah, the offense that doesn't look like they're all that great. Now they lose again. They lost back-to-back games to the New York teams. And that would, you know, in past years, that would have been a tragedy. This last this year, it seems like they're actually, the New York teams might be a little bit better. Giants are five and one jets are four and two now, but still their, their offense just can't get anything going. 
Rogers seems frustrated. It looks like Cobb got hurt a little bit Sunday, his ankle. I don't know how, how much he's going to play in the next few weeks. So you got that. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't, I don't, I thought they were pretty good still coming into this season, but Rogers body language all year has just been of a guy that knows that this team maybe isn't terrible, but isn't that good. Here's the other thing about the Packers, not only this year, but always for years, their special teams stink. They're, uh, you know, they, they got God awful special teams. They give up, punt, they give up returns. Yesterday they had a block punt uh, and a block field goal yesterday too. And they stink. They special teams. I don't think they spend any time on it over there or something. Their special teams are awful. And uh, that I think the Vikings are, you know, special teams this year have been pretty good, except for Joseph likes to miss a field, miss an extra point every once in a while. So what's with that, by the yeah, way? He's missed, he's missed, he's missed, six, he's missed, he's right. missed six kicks this year. He's in you know, the four field goals right. he's missed were all 50 plus, but he'd he like to make them. He needs them staring at him, knowing that he's on double secret probation at all times. He needs the pressure, apparently. He doesn't need that slap on the back. He needs the proverbial kick of the arse, right? Yeah. He was leading the league and missed kicks coming into this game, and then he missed another one. So that's, uh, yeah, they've, they've gotten away with a few things. Let's say that. Yes, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they get, they get everybody, everybody in the division once more. They're going to go two and one at least against those guys. And then they're, you look at the schedule, it's not a grinder because there's, you know, there's nothing really. I mean, 12 and four is very possible. You know? Yeah, 12 and five. Yeah, I think they, they could, I mean, yeah, they can win. 12 and five. Yeah, I keep it's going to be hard not to win 10 at this point, at least. But, you know, we'll, we'll see coming out of the bye. They, I think they've got Arizona and Washington before they've got to go to Buffalo. You know, Arizona and Washington certainly beatable teams. Arizona's here, Washington on the road, but that feels like those are, Winnable games. Buffalo is going to be hard. I don't think they're at that level. I think Buffalo is probably the other Buffalo and Philadelphia, probably the best two teams we've seen so far this year, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's the path looks pretty good. Mentioned Washington. I think one of the great accomplishments in the history of bears and aptitude was losing to the (laughs) on Thursday night. They are awful. Was it 12 to 7, too? Like, these Thursday night games have been... And Al Michaels almost walked out of the booth and called it career. He said, oh, man. He's like... He was basically... I didn't... Like, the fourth quarter was him bashing both teams. Because they've had, what, two straight Thursday terrible clunkers, right? Yeah, because the one before that was, I think, Colts, Broncos, that was like 12 to 9. They hadn't had a touchdown <laughs> for like 100 minutes of Thursday night action. Yeah, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. And the commies, the commies are terrible. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, it was horrible. But uh, anyway, yeah, 5 and 1, nothing to complain about. I thought the Gophers might escape in similar fashion Saturday. They were getting badly outplayed, but they were up, what, 14-13 early in the second half, and Illinois was just better. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. If they, they if the if the four and zero was just too um, inflated by the inferior competition, if they've just played poorly the last two weeks, but. Um, or maybe you just maybe you jinxed them when you got on board. Um, yeah. Hey, I beat Michigan State though when I got on board. You did, you did. 
then they went into tank. Uh, but physically, they're getting manhandled. I mean, that's yes. Per- Purdue, Purdue gave up 10 points to the Gophers and 37 to Nebraska. Yes. So you're right. You got some problems. I mean, they, they were thinking that they replaced their offensive line. I mean, with Schmitz is the center, but they, they, the other four guys were new and they were thinking how good their offensive line got, but the two weeks in a row, they hadn't moved anybody and uh, God, they're passing. When, when Morgan got hurt, he was four out of 12 for 21 yards. Yeah. Well, what the hell is that? I mean, they were, you know, they let the referees let the Illinois and yeah, the Gophers too be physical with the receivers, and the Gophers had no chance to complete a pass. They, 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 but the Illinois guy got right on top of their receivers, and those guys didn't have a yard of separation the whole game. It was, uh, it was uh, brutal. What a, what a butt kick! And the yards were what four yeah. six, two to one eighty or something. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, 26 to 14. It should have been 56 to 14. Yeah, it was, it was more lopsided than the score, for sure. <clears throat> Nine and oh, Mr. Bielema is against, uh, I think, four different coaches. Unbelievable. I don't think Clay's, ever, Clay's might have had, I don't think Clay's had a game against him. But uh, he beat the kill Clay's operation twice, and he beat the Brewster operation Five times. No, uh, beat Mason once, Brewster four times, and uh, and then he beat uh, and Gil? then he beat Gill and Clay's, and now he's beating this guy twice. He so beat- four different regimes. I don't know. Yeah. Amazing. I don't know. But last year they came up here and just they, you know, they basically would you know, run three plays and punt it back to the Gophers, maybe try to get a first down and played it very conservatively this time. They just beat him up. This this Brown, who was a really good back, is a Chad Brown. He had, didn't he have 200 yards or something? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Chase Chase Brown, I think. Yeah. Chase, yeah what a beating. Oh, God. Oh, my. It was, it was just amazing. And now they, they go to Penn State. It's whiteout night at Penn State. They're going to have 100,000 people there. They just got beat by Michigan. They're pretty good defensively. I don't know how to go for score any points against them. Yeah, pretty good chance they're going to start their redshirt freshman quarterback too if uh, Morgan's out. So we'll see. I'm starting hoping, to think. Starting hoping, to think. I'm hoping they bring in another quarterback for before next year that I can pronounce the name and uh, maybe <laughs> how to spell it. It's that's a bad. That's a tough name right there, man. Starting to think. Uh, starting to think the key to uh, the offense, Patrick, might have been. Uh, not so much Tanner Morgan or even Kirk Shiraka. It might have been um, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson in 2019. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, it is amazing that they haven't recruited another quarterback. Yes. I mean, Morgan, Morgan, the way he played last year, should have been invited not to come back. They should have told him not to come back, but they wanted him back tells you what they thought of what they had waiting to play quarterback. I mean, if, if they had anybody waiting to play quarterback that they liked, I don't think they would have let him come back Do you. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if they can tell him not to, but you, they could have, they could have told him you're not going to be the, you're going to have to, this is going to be an open competition or you, you might not be the starter and that might've dissuaded him. Yeah, for sure. They had a couple of guys transfer because of it, too, but uh, I don't think they thought Annex did or the other kid were the replacements for him. So 
I don't know. We're, I mean, let's, they were recruiting. I mean, all of, even those of us on the Fleck bandwagon. <laughs> 55th nationally and 14th in the Big Ten in recruiting last year. Yeah. Right now they're 51st and 10th in the Big Ten. And, you know, we all, he signs all these guys in the middle of the summer. And we're saying, we're, no, we're number six in recruiting nationally. Uh, we're number eight in recruiting nationally. And then everybody else starts signing their players. And right now they're 51st in the country. Uh, yeah. rec- and that's that's behind where Clay's and Kilworth, yes. like in the mid-40s usually. So uh, what, what happened here? I mean, two years, three years ago, he was like 32nd or something. Yeah. Like, what happened? I don't get it. Maybe they're working the portal harder. Maybe they need the good old days of Tim Brewster's recruiting. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, he had pretty, two pretty good recruiting years. I know. I don't know what happened. That's a great, that's a great question because you would have thought after 2019 that that would have been, that yes. that would have been a boon, right? They were what, they were 11 and two that year. Like that's, that's the year that should help you start getting yeah. even better recruits and it just hasn't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is because, you know, he would seem to be a salesman. So I mean, yeah. that's it. Maybe they saw that picture that I tweeted out by accident of him. <laughs> He's got the short pants on standing behind the podium with like beached over pants or something. <laughs> People started, maybe other coaches started using that against him. I don't know. What do you know? Speaking of uh, recruiting, Patrick, um, one coach who gets a lot of the top players in the country at the UHU McCutcheon surprise story on Sunday. He is stepping away from coaching that team after the 2022 season. So not too long from now, you know, a couple of months away from the end of that season. If that, um, that was a, that's a pretty big deal. That's a, that's a program that's got a lot of momentum, a program that's been awfully good for an awfully long time, you know, extending back to obviously Mike Hebert before Hugh McCutcheon. But uh, what would you, what'd you make of, what'd you make of that? Just a guy who's, ready to, to, to do something different. He's always obviously got varied interest. Anytime you, anytime you talk to him, it, it veers away from volleyball sometimes pretty quick, just cause he's such a interesting person, but you, know, you were telling me he's only 53. So it's not a, not a retirement per se. I didn't talk to him. Uh, and he's not talking, he's not going to talk till the end of the season about this, but, uh, uh, I checked with a lot of people to see if there's anything weird going on here. And, uh, there's not, uh, he just, that, what they said that there's really nothing going on. It's just, uh, he just has decided that he didn't want to coach anymore. And he's a family, you know, he's got a young family because, uh, right. Liz, the whiz, his wife is, uh, you know, considerably younger than him. And, uh, they got, I think a sophomore and an eighth grader. And uh, I think that's what Jeff Day told me. And, you know, maybe he just, yeah, the kids are getting to the end of high school. Maybe he wants to watch them play athletics. And I, I don't know what the, what it is. But one thing occurred to me today is people are saying, why now? Why now? I think the why now is, you know, last year, if you look it up, they signed all their recruits on November 10th, right? That's yeah. the nice signing date is November 9th. And I think he's a kind of an ethical guy. That now he could recall, recall all the recruits and tell them, and then then have 
And then when people asked him about the recruiting class, he signed or didn't sign. He would have had to talk about it and, and right. all these comments. I think it's got something to do with the signing date. November 9th is the signing date. And I think he wants to be straightforward. He's not the kind of guy that wants anybody to say, well, I signed with him and then the coach left. You know? Right. <clears throat> right. So that, that makes sense. It's that that's just my guess. Uh, um, you know, but I, I admire the hell out of him. Because oh yeah. I think he's the perfect coach in the sense that he's very instructive. I've read, stood out there for a couple of practices and watch he doesn't scream at people but he certainly he goes over there and tells them what they're doing wrong in a calm voice and he uh when he coaches on the sideline he's not up yelling at the officials or doing anything like that i mean they don't let you get away with that much in volleyball but what what amazes me is you know big tall guy he sits on that chair what they, they can play to 25 and he might only get up off that chair during the timeouts. Well, when he stands up from the chair during the act, right after a point, you know, he has something <clears throat> to say. He isn't, right. he isn't up there clapping his hands or anything. He's up there coaching. And uh, he just, to me, the demeanor is, uh, is uh, fantastic. And uh, Vicki uh, Swenson, uh, I saw had some quotes in uh, days of a piece today in the Star Tribune that uh, what she'll always remember about him is when when Samantha was done, forget all the honors and everything, but the way she was treated by him, you know, the, yeah. the respect with which she was treated as a human being, and I, I think that's that's his uh, that's his deal. He's a very uh, you know the only time I've seen him mad was when they lost that match to Oregon in the, in the, in the third round when the final four was here yep. and they thought they had it won in the, in the uh, fourth set yep. and, and they did a review and they called a very shaky touch. And uh, then Oregon won that. And then the yep. team really went flat the next one. And he was, he was hot after that about about that decision and about uh, you know the emotion of the moment and what a big match it was. But beyond that, now I'm not. I'm only over there about two three times a year, but they're around him three four times a year maybe. And so I'm not like the Hugh McCutcheon expert, but you don't see him mad. He's very thoughtful after defeat and and wins and uh, you know doesn't doesn't jump up and down and celebrate. No perfect college coach he's just uh you know he treats everyone with respect and he's smart and he wants them and they you know they're 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 legitimate they're legitimate 3.8s because they're taking stuff you know they're, yes <clears throat> botany and they're in the medicine and the, right. the uh, business school and stuff they're not taking classes to just get through uh the, they get bright talented yeah, players who are uh, and he's uh, he's doing everything he can do to uh, help them become great players and great people yeah so. I'm sure they'll you know I mean it's a uh, with the program that's had that much success in a state with such great volleyball talent I'm sure they will find a very good replacement but hard to replace exactly what he brings to the table you're right I mean it's just been such a I remember when he got here was it was about 10 years ago right where when it was 
coached in the 2001 were the uh, was it the 2012 games and then he Olympics was that in 2012 I think it was 2012 yeah. and then he came here right after that here and he he actually started coaching in like September right I waited about two weeks and then started coaching right. yeah 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 he came here then so yeah it's 10, 10 years I guess so. it's been pretty impressive uh yeah, pretty impressive and, run you know and and I heard some people saying the 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 uh they saw some of our idiot commenters saying, well, the, the volleyball program was nothing when he got here. Well, that's not 20, true. 20 when they got here because uh, Hebert was a three or four final fours too, right? At least three. Yeah. And a, and a championship match. And, uh, yeah. you know, they it's now been going on for 20 years over there and they just got to make the right hire. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, and, and I'm not saying this is 100%, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to hire one of the finest women coaches in the country. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they go that route. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be surprising to me as well. Uh, we got about maybe 10 minutes left, Patrick. Let's talk wild for a little <laughs> bit because we're, we usually record on Monday mornings. Um, no... Uh, no games in progress, but strangely enough, uh, even while we were recording Monday morning, the Wild's given up two more goals. Uh, a regret to inform everybody. They're now down two nothing in their next oh. game already. Well, um, they got off the ice twice. 14. Well, they gave up 14 goals in two games. Um, most of them by, um, by flurry. And that's, that's, that's a problem because Patrick, and I was thinking about this when I went for a run yesterday. This is kind of when I do a lot of my best thinking was when I'm out for a walk or a run. I'm just thinking, man, you know, he, he's a certainly a, a future Hall of Famer. Um, and but, you know, we've 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 seen it here before where I mean, it wasn't he wasn't even necessarily great last year, but he was competent. And after he got here, he was he was fine. But, you know, the year before that, he was even better. And we've seen, you know, countless examples here, whether it's you know Brett Favre, Jim Tomey, however it is like when you are of you know, when you're at the end of a hall of fame career, it can go south quickly. And I'm not saying that's what happened. That's what happened. I'm not saying that's what's happening to flurry after two games, but you got to be worried at at a certain point when the guy, you know, he's 37, almost 38. Like you don't want to be caught in the decline. And uh, these two games did not make anybody optimistic about that. They let him go. They get who had him last year. Where was Uh, Chicago? Chicago had him last year. They let him go because he was bad. Okay, he was playing and they were, and they were bad too. Chicago was yeah, bad too. Bad. Yes, that might have been part of it. But listen, they had to hook him in the middle of the playoff series last year when this team, by the way, pretty much played terrible against St. Louis. Right? They didn't really push him. They got beaten five games. Am I right? No, they got beaten six. They got beaten they six. Six games. They won one, but he wasn't good. He was he wasn't that good in that series for you to tie your wagon to him. He didn't win you any games in that series, that's for sure. No, no. so uh, uh, I I don't know. And the they got the the draft choice right. It was the kid, yeah. that, Jasper Wallstead. Yeah, he'll. Uh, I bet he'll be here before he is over. You know, because the backup is well was a player. He's from Ottawa. <laughs> Philip Gustafson. Yeah, they got him in the Talbot trade. Yeah, he'll he'll probably be playing the next one though, won't he? 
I mean, <clears throat> I would. I'd, I'd see what else is, is out there. And they're going to Colorado. You don't want the flower to give up eight out there if they're uh, if they're going to get uh, drilled out there. They'll obviously have to pay better. But man, alive! You, you can't give up touchdowns in hockey. Man. No, no. That is incredible. I looked at the. I wasn't watching the game. I was watching other stuff. You know, football and stuff, and baseball. Baseball playoffs. I, yeah. I looked at the crawl and it said. Wild four and uh, the Kings Kings. And I looked and I thought it was a zero. And the next time I looked, it's a six. It's a six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whoops. How they give up a six again? And then they gave up. Well, what's amazing is they made this great XL center comeback like they did so many times last year and then gave up a winner 30 seconds later. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is amazing. Now the update on my grandson, the jinx from Woodbury. Okay. Who, uh, <laughs> like the first two years he started going, they never scored a goal or won a game. He was like one and 13 and had seen 15 goals. Oh my God. Last year he was eight. No. Wow. Eight. No, never saw a loss. Wow. So, uh, I saw him yesterday. He was over here. Yeah. I said, have you seen any of their games? He said he was at the opener. There you go. The jinx is back. The jinx said. is back, baby. Well, <laughs> maybe the it's a jinx is back. So he was breaking it down, though. He was, what was he telling us? He was, uh, he's, uh, he's still on all on board with Kaprizov. Oh, yeah. He, he was ripping a couple of the defensemen. So, well, the Kaprizov was like a, a minus player in that first game, I think. He was not good in the, uh, seven to three opener although that was that one felt more uh, forgivable is the wrong word it felt like a one-off for a minute just because the rangers are so good but when you do it two games in a row mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta worry about the d zone coverage you gotta worry about the goaltending and patrick that the the uh, the youngster we're talking about wallstead he's not even turned 20 until next month yeah. i mean he's 19 wow. right now so that's that'd is be a iowa? do they have him he's, iowa? yes he's in iowa so that would be a that'll be a little bit that would be a little bit of a rush job unless yeah, they really think he's uh <laughs> unless they're forced into it uh, but uh i'm sure flurry will get better um we tend to when these things happen at the beginning of a season they get magnified to a certain degree but giving up 14 goals in your first two games both of them at home you just you know hockey's a long season but you don't want to you don't want to give away those points at the end of the year you start you're going to start chasing points awfully quick when you lose home games like that. How on last year, they were so good at home. It was right. Know, that, that they were fantastic number of points at home. So, well, you know, what the heck we can all get on the wolves bandwagon. What starting Wednesday is that starting yeah. Wednesday. we got the wolves. We got uh, Minnesota United playoff game tonight. <clears throat> Those are the, uh, the two things of, of immediate um, concern United trying to beat Dallas. And you're right. The wolves, I feel like that one's a, that they should be good. They should be really good. They, I know they kind of had a little bit of a, a little bit of a clunker in their their last preseason game, but who who cares too much about that? It feels like the feels like they got as about as much depth as I've remembered them ever having. Too. I know they they thought they were kind of deep last year, but even with trading all those guys to get Gobert, it feels like they've got a lot of depth. And uh, I really like the fact that uh, Noel is going to be getting a bunch. Noel is going to be getting a bunch of minutes instead of Beasley. You know, I'm glad they got rid of Beasley. Uh, I like Jalen a lot offensively, and uh, you know, there's uh, you know, just I was not a Pat Bev guy either. He drove right. Me nuts. 
He's just a hot dog. And, uh, I mean, he gave him some defensive intensity, but I think he's easily replaceable. I think the one assumption we're making, however, is that Gobert is really going to help D'Angelo. And right. do we know that for sure? Or is no, going to be... Is D'Angelo going to be a 40 percenter as far as good games is concerned again? Is he going to be is he going to be good less than half the time like he was last year? Because uh, they really still got to rely on him to be the point guard. And he's not. What was the deal the other night? Was McLaughlin hurt or did he not? Why did he not play any minutes at all? I'm not sure. You know? I'm not sure. Maybe they wanted to give some extended run with different guys. I'm not sure. I think McLaughlin's OK. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> He didn't play, so I was just trying to figure that out. But uh, you know, he's he's that that to me is their most troublesome position, point guard. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm not a big McLaughlin guy, and I'm certainly not a big D'Lo guy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they've figured out to how Gobert. I mean, Gobert is going to rebound more of his misses. We know that, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for D'Lo that they have going for them right now isn't even so much Gobert. It's that he's in a contract year. He needs a new contract, and he plays. He's last time he was in a contract year, he uh, <laughs> he he was the all he was an all star. So he's I think he's self self motivated uh, to the point that I think he might be okay this year. How do you like a league where Jordan Poole pops up and plays pretty good last year? Before that, just kind of an extra guy, and he gets $140 million. Yeah. What the hell was that? That yeah. was saying goodbye, Draymond Green, is what that was saying, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially allegedly the fight was about that, right? About I, the, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Draymond, I still Draymond can't believe money, and it's over for Draymond. <laughs> They're not bringing him back. No, I still can't but, believe Draymond doesn't get like a any kind of discipline aside from a fine yeah. when there's a video of him just punching a teammate just yeah, punching the, him the, really hard the, if they get a tape of you in a bar where you give some guy a push they'll suspend you for three days but you can damn near kill a teammate and they won't do anything right it's, it was, yeah it is he's i bet they i bet they they're gonna have a hard time getting rid of him nobody's gonna want to bring that head case in so he's yeah. always goofy but uh you know he'll He's not gonna. He's not gonna get his money. They just, they just gave Wiggy a new deal too. They did, yeah, four for one hundred and nine, I think. So he took less, huh? He took less, right? Yeah, he didn't get. He didn't get a max, and that's so. Wanted wanted to stay. What's good for him? He got all his money last time, so he's still fairly well compensated too. He's not. uh, He'll make it. He'll make it. He'll be. He's gonna make it. Yeah, I think the Wolves are gonna be pretty good this year, though. I think they're. I mean, I think the optimism is certainly warranted. You never know with this franchise. We, you know, anybody can look at the history and say something always happens. But I think they're they're more um, they're more slump proof than they've been for a long time. It feels like they can withstand off nights, withstand a little minor injury here and there, and still have enough really good players to uh, to win a lot of games, especially with a lot of teams probably in tank mode this year. I think this is a fifty win team at least, maybe mid fifties by the all when it's all said and done. And one last thing. Okay. I hope the big guy from California makes up his mind today. <laughs> Go for recruit because I'm so damn sick of hearing about him. I could throw up. 
I don't, we don't need nine <clears throat> updates a day on whether this guy's coming here or not. No. If he was that good, Kansas would be buying him, not TCU. Okay. You know, he's being bought by second rate teams here so uh if if you're really good you're going to get bought by kentucky or kansas or somebody like that or north carolina so uh i'm sick of hearing about him and i don't care if he comes here or not well i don't want to make you sick especially on your birthday happy That's birthday right. patrick Royce. enjoy uh enjoy the rest of your big special day and uh everybody else do that as well and uh we'll see you again next week I got a hunch for you. When, it's, when you're 77, it's not a special day. <laughs> it's just another day. It's a, uh, it's a day that uh, I will say this. I'm way healthier than I deserve to be at age 77. That's for sure. Considering my uh, lifestyle, my former love of alcohol and my current love of food, I shouldn't be uh, feeling this good. So. Well, I'm glad you're feeling good, Patrick. Appreciate it.